David, I'm so glad you're back. How did your trial tournament go? Uh, pretty good. We uh, we beat a couple of schools, left with a winning record. We beat Washburn. Uh, we beat Oklahoma, SEC. Um, got a winning record, you know, a strong, so, strong showing out there. So, um, you know, pretty good time. So what did I miss while I was gone? Uh, really nothing. Well, nothing, really? I mean, maybe some points here or there, but it, it was pretty mild. Oh, okay. Well, like what? What, what? what kind of points? Uh, I mean, Texas A&M beat Florida. Well, that's a good win. Yeah. Tennessee beat Kentucky in Rupp. Oh, wow. Real, real good win. Uh, anything else happen? Uh, maybe, maybe one more thing. Well, what's the one more thing? I mean, it's, it's, it's not a big deal, so I wouldn't really worry too much about it. What is it? Vanderbilt beat Mizzou. Oh my God. Well, you know, we're going to talk about it all today and a little bit more on the Hoop Southdown show. Hey everybody, welcome into the Hoop Southbound Show. Welcome to another episode. Thank you guys for being here. I know you're probably like, yo, you guys missed last week. What's going on here? Yeah, so as you heard at the beginning, I had my national trial competition um, with my law school. Um, and so I was gone last week. I was at practice until midnight after class. So needless to say, the show kind of took a step back last week. But you know, here we are. Maddie's been managing the Twitter while I was out and everything else. So, you know, Maddie, thank you for all your help and all everything that you do as well. So uh, most of the games that I reported were a little bit off. I was in a gym one of the days, had zero service. And so I get out the door and it sends like three tweets that I tweeted while I was inside. So there was a little bit of a delay in <laughs> uh, one of the games. And then this weekend I was out in at the lake house and had absolutely zero service. So um, there's a little few and far between, but, but we're back on it this week. Well, at least we're back on it, right? You know, so let's talk about what was obviously the biggest game of the week. And that was Tennessee facing Kentucky and Rupp. Now, initially, you know, we didn't do our game previews, but I did think that Kentucky would beat Tennessee and Rupp. Turned out not to be the case. And Tennessee had a great showing in Rupp. Um, you know, going on to 16 and five on the season, six and two in conference, very much still in the contention to win the conference this season. Um, an amazing performance on the road from Tennessee. Maddie, what were kind of your thoughts on the game? And then we'll go through some of these numbers and box scores that we're seeing. Yeah, so I had Tennessee pick to win this one just because we've talked about kind of the disparity of Kentucky's offense versus their defense. While they usually play a great offensive game and a somewhat mid uh, defensive side of the ball, I thought Tennessee might be able to go in there and handle them, and that is exactly what they did, um, especially when you look at the guard spots. Uh, Double Z and Triple J uh, both went off for 26 points, so huge, massive game um, for the Tennessee backcourt. And, I mean, you take a look at it, they started the game out with an 8-0 run on yeah. the road. That's, that's a little intimidating, so – when you got Kentucky not scoring until almost three minutes into the game, that's a hard start to come back from. Yeah, and I mean, like, Tennessee's got a great defense. Let's let's admit that there. Kentucky put up 92 points on them. Yeah, Kentucky's got a great offense. But, like, yeah, Tennessee getting the job done with, you know, pretty much everybody else today. You know, we talk a lot about Dalton Connect on the show, but you just put the two biggest names in the basket right there from this game. Triple J, you know, outstanding game. Ziegler gets 26 connects the third highest score, but everybody who started for Tennessee in this game in double digits and all of them played over 20, 28 minutes plus in this basketball game. Uh, it was, it was a great game. A dude grabs a double, double 11 rebounds, 11 points, three blocks, had a great game uh, down low. You know, you got Santiago Vescovi stepping up a little bit, finally getting on the getting on the board a little bit, putting up 11 points in this game, grabs four rebounds, really a nice performance overall from Tennessee's uh, starters. Not a lot from the, from the, the bench production standpoint. Uh, certainly Kentucky won the bench scoring with Rob Dillingham coming off the bench for 35, but you know, 
overall, Tennessee really took care of business on this game from a starter standpoint. Uh, it was an impressive performance. And again, that ball movement that they have opened up some threes. They hit, you know, 12 three-pointers in this game. Uh, that was outstanding. They moved the ball better than T or Kentucky. They were on the plus side in assists, um, took the ball more, plus three instead. They had a really good game. If you're going to play a game like that on the road, you're tough to beat anywhere. Uh, so, I mean, like, again, this is what we keep coming back with. Tennessee's a dang good basketball team. Like, people do not understand this team's different. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at it, there's the old adage of defense travels, and Tennessee's defense definitely did. Um, you mentioned Rob Dillingham coming off the point, the bench with 35 points. It's because Tennessee had some lockdown defense in that game, and their starters could not get much going. Um, Dillingham got in there, mixed it up a little bit. Um, Antonio Reeves ended up with 21 points, but still, it was just that Tennessee defense that held them strong um, and got them the road win there. Yeah, and I'm looking at some Lenore numbers here, and you got to look at some of the production from the paint that Tennessee got. You know, they're plus 12 from the paint in this game. They also won the rebound. Again, Kentucky's got five stars, you know, and a high talent guys with an NBA future in their front court. Tennessee's got the better front court, um, you know, from an overall, you know, where they're at currently standpoint. I mean, it's super talented, and they got the job done on the road in a hostile environment. Yeah, again, Defense, you're not expecting Tennessee every night to put give up 92. But again, you're facing one of the best offenses in college basketball in their home building. And you get yourself periods of time where you put Kentucky in a little bit behind, get them in a little bit of a stagnant drought to where you start putting some separation, you know, in this game. Like there were multiple times while I was tuning into this one to check on it, um, you know, prepping for the next tri court trial and everything like that this weekend. And I was just looking at it and I go, okay, there's a gap there. Wow, Tennessee's handling business, you know, like just in and out just constantly. Tennessee had a pretty firm level of control of this game. Uh, I don't know if you share the same thoughts. I imagine you watched it just a little bit closer than I did. Yeah, that's when I was out at the lake, had no service. So it was like every 15 minutes I'd get a bar, start looking. Oh, okay, there's a score. Yep, certainly. And I mean, like the closest this game gets – and this one, and like it goes 46 45 Kentucky at the beginning of the second half. And then Tennessee just hits the gas pedal again and just took over in that second half and just take took complete control of the game. Um, you know, super impressive. So, Manny, I think this leads to the biggest question looking at the net rankings here on Sunday evening. Um, you know, looking at it and where Tennessee currently sits, they sit sixth in the net rankings, they are now. 500 in quad one games. They've only lost one quad two basketball game and everything else. There's no bad losses on their resume. Is it seriously time to consider Tennessee for a one seed? If you're a bracketologist, we're not bracketologists here. I'm sure when we have one for this month coming in here and catches up the speed on everything, I'm sure there's a couple who probably have that thought process, but is Tennessee a one seed? I mean, it is definitely a battle that I think can be fought, um, you know, with everybody kind of having upsets um, in, in the last little bit, in those top spots, you know, they've had a couple upsets, but not against terrible teams. So I think that could keep them in contention um, for being a one seed, kind of probably like a, a four spot um, and then a, a two seed at least. Yeah, I, definitely a two seat. They've definitely got a two seat, in my opinion. But like when you look at like overall their schedule, like the teams that, you know, are over them right now, you got Purdue. Uh, when you look at strength of schedule, Purdue's number one in the country. Um, you know, they're at 12.6 in their rating. Um, Arizona's 11.6 and Tennessee's right behind them at third with 11.5. They've played a tough schedule all the way through. Uh, Alabama's right th behind them at 11.4 and they beat Alabama too, who's also above them in the net. Alabama's ahead of Tennessee in the net at fifth. Tennessee's sitting at sixth. Um, you know, and again, Alabama metrics really like Alabama. It's not just the overwhelming wins. They do have started to accumulate some quad one wins. Um, so their resume is expanding as time's going on right now. Um, but overall, like metrics are really inflating Alabama in that portion. Tennessee is just everywhere you look at their resume. It is a solid, solid resume. And I, I totally believe that this team, if they're not a one seed come March, It'll be because something happened between here and March, but like, you know, like if, if we were starting the tournament 
starting the tournament today, it would just be a coin flip. It, it would just be by committee giving the, you know, UConn a one seed or something like that. You know, it, that's what it would come down to. UConn's kind of ahead of them in the net. They're ahead of them on Ken Palm. But they're, that's, that's who Tennessee's facing now to get one of those top seeds of the tournament, looking at a one seed right now. And like we mentioned, when you have guys like Zakai Ziegler, Ganey, Vescovy, getting that one extra bucket for Tennessee on the offensive side, this team changed this year because you have Dalton Connect who can be constant offense for Tennessee. So like this is this is a different Tennessee team. This is a different Tennessee team. And I, I really believe they're one of the best in the country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you mentioned that one extra bucket. We saw Triple J step up a lot more than he has as of late. Santiago Vescovi, a little bit of improvement from what we've seen earlier in the season. So as long as they stay on the track that they're currently headed, I think this has a lot of potential to be, like you said, a number one seed um, by the time we get to March. And if not, they will be a very, very dangerous two seed. Certainly so. You know, let's talk about Kentucky just for a second, um, because I think it's important, you know, Coming into this week, Kentucky was down to a five seed, according to Joe Lenardi. Take Joe, Joe Lenardi as you will. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of expectation, you know, like when we start when we came out of the of the non-conference into conference play. You know, I remember a lot of Kentucky fans were talking to us and like, man, no, there's no way Kentucky's a six seed. Right now, they're probably sitting somewhere around there uh, that five to six. Like they're just not there. Um, they're not in those tops. They're outside the top 16 seeds, in my opinion, right now. The metrics are good. The defense isn't there. I, I've got a question where Kentucky goes in these next couple of games. They've got they've got some losses on their resume at this point. Nothing drastically bad, but UNC Wilmington definitely has to be holding them back just a little bit. Um, but we're going to get more into their bracketology as time goes on, as we keep getting closer to March. But yeah, yeah. Um, Kentucky, all the expectation in the world, but kind of getting scary, wouldn't you say, Maddie? <laughs> I don't know if I'd quite say scary. I think, you know. But what uh, your expectations are compared yeah. to your expectations. So for my expectations, you know, one of the big things I was worried about coming into the season was the huge amount of freshman talent on the team. Mm-hmm. Don't trust freshmen until they prove that they're going to be consistent um, contributor, contributors on the floor. And we've kind of seen that waver a little bit. Some of these freshmen are doing a fantastic job. I'm not going to take that away from them no, at all. No, this is a good team. I'm not trying to take anything away. This is a good Kentucky team. Yeah. But if maturity is going to play into some of those votes, Kentucky's going to slide back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be mistakes along the way, certainly. Like, And this this feels like a lost opportunity at home uh, for Kentucky. They've only got two quad one wins. Like, let that sink in for a second. As impressive as Kentucky's offensive numbers have been, they only have two quad one wins. They're two and four in quad one games. It, mm-hmm. It's it's a concern. It's certainly a concern. Um, one of those comes from a neutral site. Uh, Miami, I don't believe, is quad one anymore. I would have to double check where they're at. You know what? I'm going to take a look at this real fast. But, you know, it, it's concerning. This is the same thing we talked about with Auburn, you know, and we're going to talk about Auburn in a, in a minute. But, like, where where are the wins? Like, <laughs> y- you got to get them. Like, you know, you beat North Carolina and you beat Florida on the road. But this week you also lost to Florida at home. Um, you know, so that's that's a little bit devastating to your to your right to your record. You know, that's one win that you want. Um, but yeah, you've got losses to Texas A&M, South Carolina, Tennessee now, and Kansas all in your quad ones. You got a neutral site win against North Carolina, which is a great win. But that Florida road game is your best. That would not be a quad one game if that game was played at home. So, I mean, you got to ask yourself just a little bit, where's where do, where's Kentucky going to land if they don't start winning some quad one games? Because it, it's and getting is, important. Is Gonzaga still going to be a quad one for them? Uh, that's a good question. Let's check uh, Let's check the good old quad matrix here. Uh, it will be a quad one game. They're 27. So that is going to be a quad one game at home, but it's fringe. So possibly even beat when you beat Gonzaga, they may drop down to a quad two after you beat them. Uh, it's pretty close. Um, so that, there are uh, losing opportunities for those quad ones. Yeah. It can be so scary. over the next over the next couple going into um the first couple of weeks here in February, you got Gonzaga who's kind of sitting on the edge. Um Auburn in Neville, 
would be your next quad one opportunity on February 17th. Um, and then Alabama on February 24th. Those are your quad one opportunities. Oh, no, and Mississippi State on the 27th. Those are your quad one opportunities between now and the end of February. You got three of them. Can you fix your can you get your resume a little bit better to get into a top 16 seed? That's that's what that's kind of what Kentucky's in danger of is falling out of that top 16 and into a situation where the other team, you know, you're playing a higher, a better seed in the second round of the tournament to try to make the sweet 16. It's a little bit concerning. You got to get some dubs uh, to get that resume a little bit better um, if you're Kentucky. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about a team that, you know, Maddie just keeps finding some W's and the best feel good story of the season South Carolina Gamecocks. Maddie, how about South Carolina this week? They go and they beat Tennessee in TBA. That's why that was wild. Just a wild win beating Tennessee in TBA. And then they turn around and they beat Georgia in Stegman in Athens. What team is this? How are we? (laughs) Is this not me? At the beginning of this year, that South Carolina and Auburn would be tied for second yep. in the standings, and South Carolina having one more win on their total record over Auburn, I would have called you clinically insane and called Avery and said, "Come get your husband. There's something wrong with him." Yeah, your your husband has hit their head on on the sidewalk <laughs> clearly before this show. He spent too much time at trial practice. Um, you know, like. Holy cow, South Carolina, look at this. I mean, just break it down for a second. They have three quad one wins. That's better than Auburn. That's better than Kentucky. Like, teams that are expecting a chance at a top 16 seed, South Carolina has a better resume than. Oh, my goodness, South Carolina. Like, this is insane. This is the team that was picked last. We've talked about it 100 times. We're just all kind of waiting back. Respect them. How are they 38th in the net? It's because matrix, the metrics don't like them. But like overall, the wins, you can't deny wins. You can't do it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it, you got two upsets already, one in Kentucky, uh, one against Tennessee. South Carolina's finally starting to let everyone know that they're here. It's not a fluke and they're not going away. Lenardi has South Carolina as a six seed right now. Like in his latest bracket on February 2nd. So after this weekend, where does South Carolina go now? Do they go five? Are they in the top 16? Like, what has Lamont Paris done this offseason? Like, Michael Jordan's secret stuff found its way into the locker room. I mean, you you have something's going on. I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on South Carolina? Because I got a couple of names in mind that I I, I just gotta give some shout out and love to because like there's some dudes who are playing some great basketball in South Carolina right now. Yeah, I mean, Lamont Paris absolutely working wonders with this team. Brought B.J. Mack, we knew he was going to be a good addition to the team. That was one that we pointed out in the early season. Man is player. come out of nowhere and is a name that everyone is circling on the board when South Carolina comes to town because he has done wonders um, to help Michi Johnson um, kind of bring this Gamecock team up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's great. No, Michi Johnson's been fantastic, too. Um, you know, this just a lot of good players. But someone getting a lot of praise from another SEC coach, I think it was Eric Musselman said this said this name also. Let's talk about Cooper. Uh, you know, just sensational games he's been having uh, for, ten- for South Carolina. I'm looking at the uh, Tennessee box store here. Talon Cooper played his heart out. 18 points against Tennessee in that game. Uh, played 33 minutes with 60% from the field uh, with four threes. Like, what a game. Gets to the line twice. Hits both his free throws, something I know that you're in love with. And, you know, just has a great basketball game over on. Talon Cooper deserves a lot of respect on the South Carolina team, too. When you looked at this roster at the beginning of the season, I think most of us, and this is the dire mistake that we ended up all making, is that we looked at it and we go, BJ Mack, yeah, Michi Johnson. That's got to be the guys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they got Cooper, and then they got Miles Studi. Also, just making contributions on this team. Like, they've got guys who are making contributions. 
Where South Carolina ends up, I don't know, but they're 18 and three and six and two in conference and have more quad one wins than some of the teams that were expecting to be in have a chance at a top 16 seed this season after ceiling expectations. This is the team that was picked last, last by us, by everybody. Mm-hmm. What more insane. can you say? What more yeah. can you say about South Carolina and just this miracle? crazy story that's coming unfolding in college basketball what why are they so good you know i feel like you know like you said metrics does not like them they're gonna go into the tournament and people are not gonna pick them because it's south carolina the people that aren't paying attention to sec basketball aren't gonna pick them and it's gonna be upset city it's certainly a crazy one they are favored in their next two games against Ole miss and vanderbilt um, their next game that they're not favored in, according to Kim Palm, is against Auburn on February 14th, and that game is a Neville. Um, so, but let's be real here. They just went on the road and beat Tennessee. Like, is the is the jungle safe right now? That's my question. Is the jungle safe? And what's weird, because of the way the net's shaped out right now, if that game happened tomorrow, it would not be a quad one opportunity for Auburn if they beat South Carolina. Isn't that insane? It's wild. It's truly insane how this thing is lined out. Like I, someone someone explained to me that how was South Carolina thirty eighth in the net? I I need a really solid explanation on that one. And it, you know it has to do with metrics. You know it simply does. But South Carolina is darn good. We'll see where they get uh, at this next point. But yeah, we were just talking about Auburn. Let's talk about Auburn because. Oh boy, did Auburn need some wins this week. Uh, Desperately needed one game that was on their resume or was on this week of basketball for them. And that was against the Ole Miss Rebels. Who who would have thought that Auburn going to Ole Miss would be a dire consequences game for Auburn when it came into the world of where you're going to be at in March? Like, they have to go on the road. They still did not, coming into February, the Auburn Tigers still did not have a quad one win. Met, this is one of those teams that metrics like win-losses don't um, as far as their resume goes. So they were looking at getting, if things had continued this trend, looking at a not-so-good seed, honestly. So like now they finally got that win against Ole Miss, an important one at that. It's not the greatest quad one win at all. But, Maddie, what are your thoughts? Do we think this is... We are, this is the thing we've finally been waiting for out of Auburn and what it's like, good, you finally got that quad one win. Or are we saying they did it against Ole Miss and Ole Miss is not quite the team that maybe Rebel fans would make us believe that they are? <laughs> so I'm going to go with the the latter half of that question and the fact that I think Yes, it's a quad one win for now, but I still question how much longer Ole Miss is going to be a quad one win. Um, And against a team that, you know, I'm still kind of unsure about, kind of shocks me for, you know, Auburn didn't catch Ole Miss until over four minutes into the second half. They were kind of creating a pretty good spread, a point spread there. Um, Ole Miss was against Auburn until they finally caught them. And Ole Miss kept kept it to a single-digit deficit until there were only five minutes left in a game. So that tells me that I'm still unsure about Auburn type, too. I, I can I can fathom not being, you know, big on Auburn right now. They don't have the wins. And I know Lenardi has them as a four seed, but they really don't have anything to justify that. And I, I remind people, like, if you are into college basketball and you look at Joe Lenardi, this is not just Joe Lenardi disrespect. If you look at the bracket matrix, he's one of the consistently one of the worst every season. Some of it is, is I think what Lenardi does is he tries to project teams into spots um, is, is how his methodology is. And that's why it's like, there's no way, Joe, <laughs> like that team is there right now. As he tries to think like, oh, Kentucky will be there. You know, he'll keep a team in the in his field longer probably than they should be because of the certain team it is. Um, he works for a media company. Like, that, that, that's my theory on Joe Lenardi. Um, I don't think Auburn's a four seed right now. And I don't think a lot of bracketologists would necessarily have them a four seed. Um, I could be dead wrong. 
I would like to, you know, we're going to have a bracketology episode here pretty soon. I definitely want to talk about their situation they're in. But the, again, this is a team that only has one quad one win. That's crazy, right? Like we're we're all on board just on how insane that is. Like I, I want I want to put this out in the universe as well. When you look at teams, quad ones and quad one wins, they have as many quad one wins as Arkansas. Like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Arkansas is having a really bad year. Um, now, obviously, Auburn's resume is better because they have significantly more quad two wins. But as far as quad one wins go and all the opportunities that Auburn has, they've got as many as Arkansas. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you jump back into that game as well, Auburn had to shoot lights out to beat Ole Miss. So, I mean, if they hadn't have gotten this win, I feel like we'd be talking about Auburn completely differently right now. Um, you look, they had to shoot over 54% to get the win in field goals. Um, three point percentage, only 2% higher than Ole Miss. So it's just something that, like I said, I'm still not sold on this Auburn team. And I can understand why I really can, but here's the thing. It, Auburn wants to silence doubt and they've got some opportunities coming up in front of them. They got Auburn this week. They got Florida this week. Both quad one opportunities. Um, you know, they got Florida, Florida and Gainesville, so that'll be significantly helpful. Um, then we mentioned over the next week they'll have South Carolina, which is a quad two. We'll see if how much South Carolina continues to jump up in the net. And then they'll have Kentucky and Neville. Um, and Kentucky's sitting there running right that fringe line where it can move down into a quad two, depending on what's happening with Kentucky. Um, but yeah, no, there are opportunities. They got some opportunities in front of them throughout the month of February. I'm counting it up here. They got one, two, three. Four, they got four quad one opportunities between now and March. So we'll see how their February goes, um, you know, because they got chances. They got chances to help that resume a lot. But I think overall, when time comes, people are going to start considering these quad one wins because this is not an easy league. And you can't guarantee these quad one wins are going to come necessarily. Yeah. All right, Maddie, let's move into our game previews for this week. All right, so obviously we have no record for last week because we skipped the show um, and everything else, which Lord knows how that would have gone last week. So, you know. I, I don't even know if I want to know what my score would have been. Yeah, well, I know that I went perfect two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think pretty much everybody had a good week last uh, the last time we did this. So, But games we're previewing this week. All right, Ole Miss. Faces South Carolina in Columbia. Maddie, these are both the two teams that like are quote unquote the surprise teams of the season. Obviously, South Carolina is significantly more surprising than Ole Miss right now. Ole Miss has got to go on the road to face this South Carolina team. What are your kind of thoughts about this game, Maddie? At home, give me a South Carolina. I think they've just playing been playing lights out basketball. We've talked about Michi Johnson. We talked about BJ Mack. Talked about Talon Cooper, who's been amazing in his last few games um if, if you look at comparative stats here um it kind of goes back and forth you, you've got Ole Miss winning in one column South Carolina winning in the other um so I, I think it's going to be a fight it it's going to be a dog fight for sure but I think South Carolina edges them out at home and we've seen them start to shoot a little bit better so I feel like their points per game isn't quite up to par as to what it should be. Um, so I think realistically, we're going to have a better offensive South Carolina team. And I think they're going to hold it down on defense too, especially being at home. I, I would definitely think that South Carolina has got a really good chance at home on the offensive end. Maddie, did you know South Carolina is the fourth best three-point shooting team in the SEC this season? They have the fourth most three-point field goals made per game in the SEC. The teams that are better, Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee. South Carolina is sitting with 8.6 per game. They're shooting, they're they're sensational. Uh, they're not, you know, an extremely accurate team, but they are still in the top six when it comes to three-point shooting, but they do an outstanding job when it comes to it. Um, when you look at defensive rating, I think that's going to be a big question about it and your ability to rebound, especially those long rebounds that, you know, defenses can cause. Ole Miss, fourth worst defensive rating in the SEC. 
I don't know how well they're going to stop the three ball I and, mean, you know, the abilities of guys like BJ Mack um, in this game. I, I think South Carolina is an extremely hardworking team uh, and they, they scrap and fight and find ways to score and find ways to make points. Additionally, I think Michi Johnson might be a little bit overdue for a good game. He didn't have the world's greatest game against Tennessee. So would not surprise me if he has a big night uh against Ole Miss back at home so you know it, it could be a good night for Michi Johnson I'm gonna go ahead and I'm with you I'm taking South Carolina over Ole Miss in this one all right the next game we're talking about this week we've got Bama at Auburn in this one it is the rematch of our Iron Bowl matchup but of course this time Auburn's at home so you know we talked about a little bit about I think this thing could be split you know one way or the other what are kind of your thoughts? By the way, Kim Palm does favor or does favor South Carolina in that South Carolina Ole Miss matchup. Maddie, what are your thoughts though for this game, Auburn and Alabama? Who are you going with? You know, I was off last the the last go round in this, um, but I have a feeling the jungle is going to help Auburn and the chip on their shoulder that they're going to go into this game with. Like we said, Ole Miss may or may not be a quad one win as we move throughout the season, so they're going to need another one, and I think Alabama's going to be one of the closest opportunities that they're going to be able to get as we go forward. So I'm going to take Auburn with the chip on their shoulder and the jungle behind them. Um, I think they're just going to beef up the defense a little bit here. Um, you know, Alabama was hot, shot pretty well in that last Iron Bowl game. So I think, you know, probably throw them off being on the road. Um, and then, like I said, Auburn, Auburn coming in, needing to win and being hurt from that last game. I think they're going to have a little bit of an edge. These two teams, believe it or not, and they're doing it in slightly different ways, one and two in net rating in the SEC. That's how close these two teams are. Alabama getting it done with the offense, Auburn doing it a little bit more balanced uh, to create those opportunities. Um, but I will say Alabama feels like I think they're improving me a little bit every game. But, you know, the three-point shooting is really what I think is going to be an interesting factor in this game. But to me, I'm going Auburn at home here because, like, I don't think any team plays their rival rival tougher. Like, you know, you get no, you don't play any team harder throughout the course of the season than your rival. In this case, you just lost to your rival and Coleman getting a chance in Neville. I like Auburn to get this one, get their get their mojo back a little bit, get that quad one win. They just got a big win against Ole Miss. Let's see if that carries over for them they get a little bit of revenge. So I'm going Auburn in this one on Wednesday. All right, so let's jump to the weekend. Stick with Bama here. Um, team that's done pretty darn good. Um, not really in the tournament conversation yet, but they could be. They could be if they could start getting some wins in there. Um, they're, they're not dead by any means yet. Uh, LSU. Bama's going to LSU in Baton Rouge. This is an interesting one. Maddie, what are kind of your initial thoughts on LSU? You know... LSU, kind of a different story, but we picked them as one of the last in the SEC in our preseason, uh, similar to South Carolina. They've come out, they've had a couple of bad losses, but they've gotten some good quality wins too. Um, so I think, you know, they, they could possibly be a sleeper team if they went out the rest of their games here. Um, but better than anyone expected, I, I think they are going to struggle against Alabama um, just based on kind of their defensive approach um, and Mark Sears being able to dominate the floor wherever he's at, basically. Um, so I think LSU is going to have some trouble with him um, and the rest of Alabama's front or backcourt, excuse me. Um, but I mean, I think Alabama wins pretty comfortably here, but I think we see LSU put up a better fight than we originally would have looking at the schedule. Yeah, it's this is an interesting one um, with it being in Baton Rouge. You know, like I feel like a lot of us. <sighs> certainly, we gave LSU a higher ceiling than South Carolina at the beginning of the year. We, we kind of talked about they have a chance. They got some pieces. Um, but, you know, LSU really is just lacking that defining win. Players like Jordan Wright have played sensational for LSU. But, you know, Cook's done a lot of good stuff for LSU as well. But I'm like you, I, I don't think the defense is there. Now, where I think LSU can get a lot of work done is, you know, working hard on the glass, you know, try to win the front court uh, more often than, you know, 
win the front court more than Alabama. That would be your biggest chance. Of course, Grant Nelson stepped up his game over the last couple of weeks too. But, you know, guys like Jalen Cook and Jordan Wright are the guys that are going to have to get it done for LSU. But overall, if I'm just looking at it from like, I see this, I see this, I, I think Alabama's offense outweighs LSU's defense in this. And I, I think the overwhelming offense wins in this game. So I, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Alabama in this one, but to me like this is this is the pulse that LSU basketball has been waiting for. They're doing a little bit better. They're getting they're getting around that corner. This could be a team if even if they don't make the NCAA tournament has a chance to make the NIT this season, and they could keep building for momentum going forward into next season as well. So huge opportunity for LSU. Let's see what they get it done and see if we can't start assessing the trajectory of the uh, Tigers going forward for the rest of the year. All right, let's go into our next game, and that is our other set of Tigers again. Auburn going to Gainesville to take on Florida. Maddie, what are your thoughts on this one? So in my mind, if the trajectory goes like I think it's going to, Auburn gets that win at home against Alabama. They are going to be exhausted because we know that that game is going to be physical it is going to be you know a, a lot of running back and forth you're it's going to be a big game so I think if you know Auburn wins that one they're going to come into Florida exhausted kind of brushing it off because Florida is kind of one of those teams that you know they could be dangerous but they're thinking you know after they handle Alabama they're going to be able to handle Florida no problem and Florida sneaks in and grabs a win in this one to me, Florida can beat anybody. Like they're they're capable of it. Um, they're hitting free throws, especially. Um, that's kind of the concern with Florida is when they get to the foul line, do they make it count? Um, so in this game, you know, I, I think what's interesting about Florida is that we've been I've been kind of referring to them as Alabama light. Uh, you know, is what they are because they play a similar style. Like you know, the very analytic driven offense, shoot that three pointer. You know, get get your get your rebounds, get your close close range shot, you know, that kind of thing. Florida's played good basketball. You know, they played tough against AM and College Station, and they got a win in, against Kentucky this week. Like, they, they've they played good basketball. Florida is playing good ball. Um, this game on Kempom is almost identical to the projection against uh, Alabama at home going to Gainesville. You know, it still favors Auburn. But it's almost by the exact same percentage, like 63% for against Alabama in favor of Auburn, 64 for Auburn in Gainesville. Personally, I think this thing's going to be tough. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be hard fought. Um, I think the rebounding can be the difference in this game. And I'd be interested to see how that game plays out because, like, it's kind of an underrated front court. I feel like it's not completely the greatest, but it, it can do some damage. And at home, you know, when you got guys like Micah Hamlogan playing good basketball at times, you never know what you're going to get. I'll, I'm going to go Florida here, believe it or not. And I'm going to see if this Florida team that's desperate to get into the NCAA tournament, I think they need this game a little bit more than Auburn. Let's see what Florida does and see if they can't get themselves in the NCAA tournament. So I'm going to so go Florida. I think the key to this one, like you mentioned earlier, is going to be free throws. Auburn's front court plays pretty heavy. They play pretty rough. I think they're going to get into some foul trouble here and we see Florida win it on some free throws. Okay, um, that, That's going to be my keys to the game for Auburn there is that they need to make sure and not foul. Not getting into extreme foul trouble would be a good way to go. The more chances you get Florida at the free throw line, the better chance they make free throws. Like eventually, you know, like give them a high volume of free throws there. Some of those are going to hit eventually. <laughs> like, Especially give them to guys like Pullen. Pullen's a good free throw shooter on Florida. It's the rest yep. of the team I have concerns with. Um, but, you know, also three-point shooting. It's another thing that I'm thinking about. You got guys like Richard, um, you know, who can make those threes for Florida. So, like, to me, it, Auburn's going to have to play good defense throughout the entire course of this game, especially around the perimeter. Um, so, also additional concern. But I think this is going to be a close, close basketball game. Favoring the Gators here could be dead wrong. All right, Maddie. We're going to talk about Georgia coming to Fayetteville on Saturday. Like we we know as Hog fans, it's just whatever at this point. Um, but you know, you got a chance to get a win. Georgia's on the road. Let's just call it what it is. Who do you got? 
can I ask Siri to flip a coin? Because honestly, it depends on what Arkansas team shows up. We've seen the team that beat Purdue in the exhibition game. We've seen the team, you know, that beat Duke. We've seen the team that's fought in our last few games, um, got that win over Mizzou, um, and then had a decent game um, against Kentucky. Sorry, lost my train of thought there. Um, and then fell apart in the game against LSU. So which one of those teams is coming to this game? And I can tell you who's going to win. Because if it's a team that beat Mizzou, if it's a team that held up a pretty good ball game against Kentucky, I'm going to take Arkansas. But if not, I'm going Georgia. They've been phenomenal as of late. So fun fact about Arkansas schedule. They only have two games on Kempom left this season that they're favored in. And that is Mizzou and Vanderbilt. Um, now Arkansas for Georgia and Arkansas for against LSU late in the season sit about 48, 47%, depending on the game you're looking at. And LSU and Georgia are both favored by one point over Arkansas and Bud Walton. I don't know. Um, that seems like kind of an opportunity to at least do something. Um, it, it's weird, right? Like how much fights left in Arkansas is really the question to me, you know, how much fights left. I think this team is trying to fight right now. I'm going to say with the extra rest and the extra time for practice this week, I'm going to take Arkansas over Georgia. They played them well at Stegman. I think Arkansas is playing a little bit better basketball. Like their offense was better against LSU. They lost, but like, you know, it was better. And then we saw a much better performance against Missouri. Makai Mitchell is playing better basketball for the Hogs right now. I think the starting lineup that, you know, Eric Musselman's kind of tinkering with right now and getting Blocker a little bit more involved in the game plan, I think is going in a positive direction. So, I'm going to take Arkansas home over Georgia on Saturday. I, I think it's going to be a hard fought game. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to take Arkansas at home over Georgia. You know what? I'm going to go Georgia in hopes that me never picking an Arkansas game right as of late um, goes well for us. <laughs> we'll certainly see. All right. The next one we're talking about Tennessee taking on Texas A&M. Look, Maddie, we can talk about Wade Taylor. We can talk about Boots Radford. We can talk about just, you know, all the the ability to rebound by committee that Texas A&M creates. This is a fight on the glass. Like, do you believe me there? Like, this is going to be a fight on the glass. Ever which way. This is this is the wildest game that I think I could think of. Maddie, what are your thoughts kind of on Tennessee taking on Texas A&M? So I'm thinking this is going to be our uh, final card fight between <laughs> Dalton Connect and Wade Taylor. I feel like they are going to go try and go point for point. Wade Taylor's going to be jacking up wild threes um, to keep Texas A&M in the game, and Dalton Connect's going to match him. Um, I think it's it's going to be the battle of the guards here, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal game to watch. I feel like we're going to be watching the three-point competition at the All-Star game. Yeah, but you got guys like Obaseki, Coleman, you know, like all these guys who get in there and they fight for rebounds for Texas A&M. One of the things Tennessee does really well is getting on that glass and working really hard with their defense. Um, I'm curious, like, what's the game plan for Buzz? Like, you know, you got to figure out how to get Wade Taylor as many opportunities as possible because, like, Tennessee's defense to me is vastly superior to Texas A&M's defense. But Wade Taylor is a dang good basketball player who is not going to walk away from a game without some points. Um, so, like, that is that is the thing with this Texas A&M team. So how many points can Wade Taylor get in this basketball game? I'm with that. Um, Dalton connect to me. Yeah. I'm like you. I think this is, this is the conversation for who's going to be sec player of the year, Dalton connect or Wade Taylor. Like the, this is, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I think that's, I mean, no two, no two players on their team has Matt have been more impactful uh, for teams that are trying to fight their way into the tournament and, you know, get where they're trying to go. So I think that is the selling point of this matchup is Wade Taylor and Dalton connect. So yeah, I'm with you. So College Station's where this game's at. Who are you going with? Oh, man. This one is, you know, my my nail-biter of the week, almost like a my flip a coin, but this one not as sarcastic. Um, the only reason I'm having such a hard struggle with this is because 
Texas A&M is at home. They do have a great home court advantage. I think that would be, you know, a, obviously a major win um, for them in they need this win. Kind of the struggling they, they, state that they're in right now. Yeah. Um, let, you convince me. Let's go Texas A&M because they need it. They're going to be feisty. Um, and I think they're going to get the upset over Tennessee. Okay. So that that's a that's a good pick. I think it's a fun pick. Um, certainly a fun pick. No, Texas A&M needs this win. They need this win. They got it at home. This is a huge chance to get a quad one win to help their resume and secure them in the tournament. Um, so, like, a huge chance. The thing is, Tennessee's not lost a back-to-back game since November. Now, they have LSU coming up next, but then they follow Texas A&M. Overall, I'm not suspecting, like, a loss to LSU at home, you know, for the falls. But, like, honestly, Tennessee went the entire month of December without a loss. They have two losses in January, and what last loss was against South Carolina on the 30th. Um... These are some pretty long streaks that Tennessee's put together and they've played well. I'm going to just kind of take this for a second and just appreciate the fact that this is going to be a sensational game. I might even go wilder in my thought process here. Uh I don't think Tennessee is going to lose a game until they face Alabama on March 2nd. That's bold, David. I really believe that. We want to put a bet on this. That would be interesting, right? Um, I don't think Tennessee's going to lose a game until March 2nd. March 2nd. Look at the schedule they got ahead. They got LSU, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Texas A&M, Auburn. It's interesting, right? This is interesting. I'm going to go ahead and I'm taking Tennessee in this game. And I think they're about to go on a streak um, for a while and they're going to make their claim for that one seed. I think that Kentucky win was a season-defining win. Uh, so I'm going to take Tennessee and I'm probably going to be picking Tennessee for a while. Uh, so I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. I expect them to make a big statement. Uh, well, this wouldn't be a big statement, but it'd be a bigger statement for Texas A&M, but definitely a dangerous pick. Definitely a dangerous pick for me, especially that winning streak prediction for ten- Tennessee because Texas A&M. After the show, we need to put up a poll and pick what happens if Tennessee loses before then. Okay, that'd be fun. We'll come up with some consequences. Um, it's a long run. It can't be anything insane. Like that's the one caveat. I know that's because that's that's a that's me going out on a limb for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Seven games. I mean, I feel like there's got to be like, you know, like we need it. We need to do like consequences, and each tier it's a little bit less. <laughs> you know, like. The sooner the sooner the loss, the bigger the issue. Like, you know. So we'll figure something out. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll get it together. We'll we'll figure something out on this one. Now, I, I think Tennessee is primed to make a run for a one seed right now. And they just got off a colossal win. So I'm they've got a trap game possibly against LSU. If you get through that one, I don't think they're losing uh for a little bit. So I'm gonna go Vols here against Texas AM. All right, the First time we've talked about a non-conference game in a long, long time. Maddie, Kentucky, they got Gonzaga coming to town to uh, to Rupp Arena as they take a little bit of a break. Now, like we've talked about, this used to be a thing uh, for Kentucky before expansion and everything else, you know, with the SEC. You know, they used to have a non-conference game this time of year. This time around... They got Gonzaga coming to Rupp. Now, last year they went to Spokane and Kentucky just, woo, it was not a good game. They did not play a good basketball game. So what are your thoughts here facing Gonzaga uh, in Rupp Arena? Definitely a unique opportunity for for Kentucky this weekend. Yeah, so I think, you know, initial thoughts on this. Gonzaga is not the team that we thought that they were going to be at the beginning of the year. No, not necessarily. Um, you know, I think uh, Antonio Reeves is going to remember that game last year. He's going to turn it on um, and make sure that Kentucky gets the win, especially, you know, coming off of that loss. They're going to need to add one to the win column, especially, you know, like we said, um, their seeding looks like it's starting to slip for the NCAA tournament. So if you can get this one over Gonzaga, a, a decent win. I'm assuming it's probably quad two right now. Um, it's quad one right now. Just quad one. Okay. You could move to quad two though, very easily. 
So, so a fringe quad one win um, would definitely help that seeding as we get closer to March. So I think that they really need to win this one, and I think they're going to do it fairly confidently. Yeah, uh, Gonzaga coming off a loss to St. Mary's. Um, I haven't really paid enough attention to WCC this season. Um, I imagine St. Mary's is not a bad team this year. They typically are a pretty good team. Their loss to Santa Clara was a little concerning for Gonzaga. Um, but, you know, like, they, this this tends to happen. But this is not the best Gonzaga team we've seen. I, I'm with you. Like, this is not years past Gonzaga teams. Um you know, they, they lost a lot of players, you know, they're, they're not quite the same team that they have been um, looking at their stars. You get guys like Graham Ike, 15.3 points per game. So, so uh, you got Nolan, Nolan Hickman, who's their three point, three point leader per game. He's only hitting two per game though. Um, you know, so it's, there's not a lot of guys that I see keeping up with the offensive pace that Kentucky can put up, especially at home. So I, I'm really favoring, um, you know, Kentucky in this and just taking a look at the offensive rating in this game. These are both very high efficient offenses, but I think Kentucky has got a little bit more. And then I think also as typical when you are a big team playing in a little bit of conference with teams that don't necessarily stand up to you the same way, your defensive rating is a little bit inflated. Um, so I'm going to say that, Gonzaga's defense is going to allow because they don't have they have I think just a too strong of a defensive rating for the team that they are uh, so I'm gonna go Kentucky and I think Kentucky's offense overwhelms Gonzaga at Rupp yeah and I think uh, one of the big things here to pay attention to for Kentucky fans is Kentucky's bench is gonna be so much deeper so they're gonna wear Gonzaga out there it's it's gonna be a long game for them um, you know, I think that they stick to their stars. Like you said, Graham, I kind of lead the floor. Um, Kentucky's backcourt's probably going to run him around and he is going to get tired quick. And there's not much of a backfill for him on this Bulldogs team. So it's definitely a unique game, unique game. One that'll have some consequences for March, uh, being played in Rep Arena. That's, uh, you know, a non-conference matchup. It's going to be fun. Like at least we'll have some, you know, a break from conference play because we're missing, you know, yeah, the Big 12 SEC challenge is no more. And that's was this was a good opportunity to bring this back and for Kentucky, Kentucky to do. Personally, I'm all about it. Uh, I think this should be something that every team does is to have schedule one random Saturday against a team that is not a team that looks at you every single season and knows your coaches, knows everything else. Just give us a unique look uh, for a game, something we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it'll be a fun one. For sure. And I think it'll prepare us for March that much more. We're going to be able to see you know, a team from another conference and be able to compare that conference based on this. So it'll be helpful not only for the teams on the floor, but us who are trying to win a little bit of our bracket challenges. Uh, it's coming up quick. It's coming up quick. It certainly is. You know, guys, thank you so much. And like I said, thank you for sticking it out with us for a week that we just had to take off, unfortunately, for, you know, life reasons. But we appreciate you guys being here. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, we'll be here all the way through March Madness. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. The show's not wrapped up for whatever reason because we're embarrassed because Arkansas lost again. Um, you know, that'd be a petty reason to start an SEC show is just to brag about your own team the entire time. But no, life reasons, this things that we couldn't do. So please like and subscribe to the channel. We'd love having you guys here and we will see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.